0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am so excited to talk to you about this topic and I don't want it to scare you. We are just going to provide information and I want you to see if this uh, fits with you or if it doesn't. So today I'm going to talk about intergenerational trauma. It happens in every culture throughout time and it's just kind of um, an unconscious thing that develops that most of us don't. Aren't aware of, we don't talk about, we don't actively and consciously attempt to um, translate and, and relate differently to, et cetera, and so on. So, why I'm talking about this though is I think last episode I talked about the ACEs study, and, and in that episode I talked about the value of knowing your childhood in terms of what, what you had and what you didn't have, what you felt, what you didn't felt feel what you internalized and maybe didn't internalize. And so intergenerational trauma is basically what we internalize about our family. And it can be a couple of different things. It can come from a couple of different ways. But what I want you to take away from this is that there is a really good book called My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Menachem. And he talks very uh, well and, and soundly and you know, educated evidence-based on the fact that it takes at least six generations to unlearn unhealthy behavior patterns from your intergenerational trauma. And that is not simply because it's all in your head, so to speak. In fact, why I'm talking to you about it is because it's actually in your body too. It's in my body. Our DNA has adapted as a result of the life circumstances we've been in. I'm going to include some, some links on here for you to, to, to grasp a little bit more, but I highly recommend Resma Menakem's book, My Grandmother's Hands, and also the book, What Happened to You, which is by Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. And, and I'm excited they're bringing this to the national conversation table because this really from my experience, is something that we have not wrestled with culturally or collectively. We can't even look at the fact that we supported slavery 100 years ago. That's somehow such a threat to many of us. And, you know, that's the same thing as saying, well, um, you know, well, I didn't abuse, I didn't abuse you. Well, no, but guess what grandpa from six generations ago abused his wife, which brought in the children who learned that women were less than, and what did those women, you know, how did they partner up and what resulted from their children, et cetera, and so on. So yes, of course, hopefully you're not harming anybody very, you know, intentionally. And at the same time, some of these behaviors harm us all and, and nervous system wirings harm us all. So, I mean, this is, this is. This is why you wince when a certain person comes in the room. This is why you avoid certain things. This is why you don't talk about certain things. This is how your values got developed, et cetera, and so on. So intergenerational trauma can negatively impact families as a result of things like unprocessed emotions and thoughts about a traumatic event. (gasps) Did you live in a family that had secrets? I did too. Oh, we loved our secrets. Nobody talk about it. We're fine. and that's. That's religious. It's like, you can't acknowledge your vulnerability because that's morally not okay. Did you have a dysfunctional parent-child relationship and emotional attachment? Do you wanna know how that affects your life today? Were you untreated or poorly treated? Did you have untreated or poorly treated mental illness or substance abuse? I mean, did anybody value mental health in your family? Did anybody understand substance abuse in your family? Um, my family was under the illusion AA would fix everything. And I think most of our country is under that illusion. And sadly, we're looking in the wrong direction. And I'll talk about that in another episode. And I'm glad if you've recovered from AA or with AA, I'm glad it, it works for you. But mental illness and substance abuse in general are so stigmatized that doctors that I know chose to kill themselves because they knew that having one of those conditions could impact their licensure and their life's work. And if you wanna talk about wrestling with your identity, anybody who's been through anything like a divorce or losing your job or losing your identity, whatever that may be, it's very disorienting. And it doesn't have, why are we losing these things as a result of an untreated condition? not the way you want it treated, not the way I want it treated, just untreated and untalked about in general. Think about how that plays out. I am fourth generation on both sides of my family that I know of with mental health and substance use issues. How did I in my little brain think that I could, I mean, not that you can't rise above, but how did I somehow believe I was excluded from that, even though I've had a mental illness since before they diagnosed it, I've had anxiety since birth and I didn't even use alcohol or substances until my 20, although I've been on psych meds since about the age of 18. And we're not going to talk about it. Like, we're not going to talk about how common that is in our families. Come on, we're losing the juice because when we talk about it, we get to the problem solving about it. So Another factor of intergenerational trauma is harmful cyclical patterns of behavior and beliefs about parenting. So this would be, you know, um, irregular parenting, this would be disciplining your children, this would be, well, this week we're going to ground you and next week we're going to be open about it, Um, you know, I'm there for you now, but only if you provide me my needs, etc, and so on. Or the cycle of violence, which is domestic violence, which is, you know, um, I'm going to hurt you, and then I'm going to forgive you, you know, I'm going I'm to apologize profusely and give you, you know, all kinds of extravagant things for you to come back into our relationship, and then I'm going to do the same thing again, and I'm always going to keep you guessing. Another um, symptom is compounded and unacknowledged race-based traumatic stress. I was not allowed to go to a neighboring community even after I got a car because it was perceived as dangerous. Now I do get parenting. I do understand you want to keep your children safe, but I learned a lot of things growing up in a rural farm town that I bet you my peers that I went to University of Michigan that came from the East Coast or West Coast did not learn. How does that affect your life today? Do you want those values? Do you want those beliefs? If not, then we need to acknowledge how we got them because they didn't necessarily come from us. Now we may have developed our own and I hope we we have, but when you look back a hundred years ago and white women were blaming black males for sexually assaulting them, not much has changed. I hope it's changing, but we can see from the um, court system that it's not. So that's another uh, race-based trauma. And, you know, similarly, if you were, if you grew up any marginalized population in this country, you know, in the fifties and sixties or forties or so, I was told there was, there was not this competition for resources like there is now. There's not this, oh my gosh, I don't like Mexicans because they're going to come and take our job. Um, There were jobs and we welcomed you know, Detroit is full of Polish, Ukrainian, Albanian, um, Islamic, all kinds of people who came here to work for a better life. And, you know, some of us, some of those families were very close to each other. And now we see everybody as a threat. Well, that didn't come from us. It came from our social conditioning most times. And finally, normalized unhealthy behavior between family members. So if your mom and dad fought, and that was pretty normal, Or, you know, if if mom was doing mental health and dad thought it was a joke or, you know, mom went to church and dad, you know, poo-pooed it or, you know, what was okay for your sister isn't okay for you, that, you know, those are types of unhealthy behaviors that come in a family. So those are some symptoms of intergenerational trauma. Do you see your family there yet? And then how we obtain this intergenerational trauma is through a lot of different forms. We can do it genetically. Like I said, our DNA adapts and it literally adapts so that we can survive. So we, these conditions we're, we're surrounded by, we learn what we need to do to survive. So the next generation has a different DNA and they learn how to survive. And so then the next generation is adapted. And if you never sort of clear out those Clear the clouds of that. If you never sort of clear out the, the junk uh, programming that you got, so to speak, then you're never going to optimize your programming. And it's not that our families didn't give us anything good. I love my families. I love them. They're just as I've learned to love and honor myself, what I did though was take all of these conditions that I've been surrounded with and I internalize them to mean that I'm at fault for something that I did something wrong. And I bet you did too. And if you didn't, I bet you know somebody who did. So genetically, they can be through um, before the mother gives birth. The, the, the three months before birth is a really touchy time for that, that fetus in development because they are getting it mom stress they're getting environmental toxins and they're getting other things, like if you use substances or or something like that. And they're definitely getting, if there's some domestic violence there, there's some financial stressors, mom's gonna have all of those hormones flowing. So that child grows up swimming literally in stressful hormones. Well, what do you think that does to the DNA? Hello, the child comes out. I had colic for a long time. Um, then the mom and the child, they don't bond properly because A, mom's still probably under a lot of stress and B, the child can't be soothed. So then you have that going on and that is a long-term thing. And so it's, it's crazy. It's, it's amazing. And then um, perinatal experience, like I said, the bonding and the attachment, Um, if you don't have that secure attachment with your um, caregiver, mostly it's mothers, then your sense of safety in the world is never established. And I love my mom to death. And I just don't, now that I look back, I never had a sense of safety. I had some senses of safety, but everything was conditional. I learned to live very transactionally. Oh, right. If I need to get my needs met, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Or I won't get them met if I don't do X, Y, and Z. So I better do them. Oh, wait, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. It must be my fault. Like I must be doing something wrong. Oh, wait, I have a mental illness that um, I inherited for lack of a better word. Oh, right. That's my fault. Why well, should be X, you know, I should be so much different. Well, look, let's just look at what happened. Look at what happened and, and see how it shaped you for the better or worse, because the first step in change is awareness. Again, there is no shame here. There's no blame here. Postnatal, meaning the family and how they learn, you know, how you learned your language, your values and beliefs, and then education, community, and culture mindedness. Those are all different ways that we inherit the trauma. And if you think that we're not suffering collective trauma from COVID-19 pandemic, every single one of us in this country, then let's talk privately because there are so many, many ways that the next generations with an S are going to be impacted that I kind of have a direct investment in improving our outcomes collectively. That's why I do what I do. I want a better future for our children than what we are offering to them and it starts with us. So I just just a note about how this is handled in different cultures. I am familiar with the native Alaskan culture. I've looked into the indigenous beliefs and I just want to read you this and I want to ask you what you think about it. So in the Bruce Perry book, page 200, it says our species could not have survived if a majority of our traumatized ancestors lost their capacity to function well. He's talking about resilience. The pillars of traditional healing were connection to the clan and the natural world, big surprise, Regulating rhythm through dancing, drumming, and song. So regulating our nervous system so that we could express these pent-up feelings. A set of beliefs, values, and stories that brought meaning to even senseless random trauma. We have the power to make meaning out of what happens to us. It is like a secret weapon. You get control of it. But I'm going to warn you not to use it against yourself. What I mean by that is when I made meaning of these things that I was existing within. It was something to be ashamed of. It was something to be guilty about. And I didn't have the stories that I needed. To teach me. How to do it differently. Now I had the Bible and I had, you know, elders and all of that, but we are losing our compass, we're losing our sense of direction in terms of our beliefs and our values and our stories. And if you look at the stories being told today in the media or on the radio or on TikTok or on Instagram or on social media, anywhere in your family, I mean, are those the stories that you you want to surround your life? Are those the stories you want to believe? Because if they're not, you actually have a choice. And it's only by us taking that individual choice and saying, no, I'm not going to watch that, you know, pornographic um, video. No, you know, it doesn't fit with me that you're saying, grab her by the pussy. You know, that's, I just don't tolerate that. That, That's my boundary. Then um, occasion, on occasion, natural hallucinogens or other plant derived substances used to facilitate healing with the guidance of a healer or elder. Guys, we've been using plants to heal ourselves for thousands of years, yet the pharmaceutical companies tell us they don't have enough money. Further, it is no accident that these plants have been somewhat pathologized and criminalized. I am talking specifically about marijuana, whether you endorse it or you don't, i that's not my interest. My interest is in talking about it as a plant-based medicine, which it is, and why and how it got to be stigmatized. It is not the marijuana that stigmatized marijuana. It is our generational values, beliefs, in meaning of what it is. And, you know, in the fifties, I, th- I think it was the fifties. They had these, you know, commercials that marijuana uh, reefer madness and all that stuff. And again, I don't want to promote drugs, but if you look Collectively, we're moving back into psychedelics. Um, Ketamine is a very vetted um, evidence-based treatment for PTSD, as is um, mushrooms. Um, You know, uh, Gabor Mate talks about his ayahuasca experiences. You know, here's my struggle with us. We are excited in general about new opportunities to bring enlightenment, for lack of a better word. I've been on psych meds for over 20 years, and I've used substances at times in my life. Who decided which ones were criminal and which ones weren't and why? And that's a whole history lesson that is a symptom of our trauma as well, but I will save that for another day. So what are your takeaways from this? I want to dig into trauma because I feel like it permeates every part of our life. And that is really what I want to address in clouded compass. You know, we, we are clouded and we're not able to see the, 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 the gold and the diamonds that we have. And we're, our compass is out of alignment, our internal alignment, our nervous system is not regulated. And so I just want to invite us to think about, look, what did your family give you in both negative and positive ways? What do you want? What do you like? What do you want to keep? What do you kind of want to not work with? You know, what do you want to kind of let go? And if you need some help with that, um, let me know. Or one of my colleagues who is a therapist um, can help you in different ways. So that's it. Have a good day. Thanks.